We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody, and welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Deus. At Nick Deus 10 is where you can find me. I almost said the old username, Alan. No. But we had to switch it up a little bit, get a little bit more professional, you know? Yeah, that, that's part of life as you get older. Yeah. You gotta well, ma- it's, it's more so it's going to help in potentially getting the blue check. Mm-hmm. And I've done some research and been advised to change it up a bit. So that's where... Yep. The, change. the blue check has a lot of power. I remember talking to Luke Thomas about it. Luke Thomas like, you don't know how much of a difference it is to have that blue check. I'm like, all right. I guess verification is very... I could see why, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been verified before a blue check, so mm-hmm. just want to keep that all right. Keep that established. <laughs> how you feeling, man? I haven't seen uh, you in a while. I'm sore as hell right now, but I'm genuinely happy about the state of football. I just thought last weekend... A one o'clock slate was pretty rough, but that mm-hmm. 425 just... Between Cardinals Vikings, Cardinals Vikings might be one of the most ridiculous games. I didn't watch the full game because I was the one game that was dull. I had to watch Falcons Bucks, but yeah. between that and then you had Seattle Tennessee, and then Chargers Cowboys was a little bit down, but still it was to last second. Like I have like three four o'clock games just really to the wire, and then the Sunday night game seeing Lamar finally come back from adversity and you know beat the person he's never beat before. You know, Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. I just thought really strong. I know it was a dud Monday night to be expected. I think the highlight was Pat McAfee going to pay Manning. The Manning cast, excuse me, not the slander, Eli. Uh, I think Damn that was right. yeah, the Manning cast. I was going to say the pay Manning show. I'm like, no, it's more of the Manning cast, even though I do think Eli barely speaks. But, uh, yeah, I just thought – I think football, things are moving really well. I'm excited just about I know this slate's a little weak this week, but can't have it right every week. Mm-hmm. So – this is an interesting week. A lot of s- seasons are on the line. If you look at some of the numbers in the history of 0-2 teams, 2-0 teams, and the state of either side, <clears throat> either direction that you're going. So if you've listened to any other shows prior to this one, you've probably heard these numbers. But just to, to reiterate, since 1990, when the NFL expanded its playoff field to 12 teams from 10, 
11.6% of those teams which lost their first two contests reached the playoffs. And only half that sample won the divisions. So this is something where if you fall to 0-3, essentially, it's quiet. Though we did see the Texans a couple of years ago start off 0-3. I could see the Colts like now currently, given the state of that division and their level of opponents. Because sometimes you got to look at the schedule. Right. Like, we knew the Colts, besides the injuries, that their schedule was very daunting going into the season. Mm-hmm. Now we have seven 0-2 teams. Two of the teams, us two are very familiar with. Yes. Also can almost guarantee that there'll be a winner this week, but it'd be poetic justice if they landed in a tie, right? Based on the situational management of the Giants in that Washington game and just the late game collapse, it could happen. Yeah, yeah, what a nightmare that was. I was watching that game out, and they when, when you're bad, you just continue to find ways to lose games like bad that. Bad teams never will figure out a way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so these are the lists of the 0-2 teams. I want to discuss them and see which teams we think can turn it around. Mm -hmm. The 0-2 teams are Detroit, Minnesota, Atlanta, the Giants, which for like five straight years, the Giants are 0-2. I didn't know they started out 0-2 in 2016, so they made the playoffs despite that. Wow. Uh, Colts, Jaguars, Jets, and that's it. Those are our 0-2 teams. Alan, which one do you want to completely eliminate from the bunch and you think have no chance in hell like Vince McMahon would Jaguars, say? Jaguars, just a waste of time. Like, it's just bad. Like, you don't know what Urban Meyer's future is. Their defense can't stop anyone. You know, I, li- I like that Trevor's still trying to push the ball down the field, but there's just there, it's just the infrastructure there just non existent. Like, it's just you watch it. It's like they can't muster a bunch of a running game. I think Chenault's already banged up. And then defensively, it's just a bunch of guys there. Like Shaquille Griffin was supposed to be coming as number one corner. He's been getting roasted. Like it's just the fact that they haven't looked competitive all these first two weeks against pretty uh, below average to average opponents is a very troubling sign. So Jacksonville, I didn't consider him a start of the season. Definitely they'll do it now. Yeah. I um Early July, I thought they checked a lot of the boxes of a team that was worst and had a chance to go to first. But then as it got closer to the season and then getting to see them, I'm like, yeah, that's a that's just a that's just a super hot take to try to make yourself look cool. It was just a waste of time. Yeah. Just a lot of holes defensively, a lot of holes. I think I think Urban Meyer is in trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe steps away, pulls a Nick Saban. Um, I hope he doesn't pull Bob Petrino. I don't wish any fan base to deal with what Bob Petrino did back in 07. But just some of the comments that he makes, like he says, like, oh, every week you play Alabama. It's like, well, yeah, like now you're playing professional teams. You're not he, just. Yeah, just his press conferences. He doesn't really make eye contact. He looks at the ground a lot. He, he just seems like a suspicious character. I would not really want to play with him. Yeah, and I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence, too, because it's just going to continue to be a rough season for him and that Jaguars team. Okay, the team that I'm going to completely check out is the Jets. Um, I do not like what I'm seeing from Zach Wilson. I think some of those interceptions, yeah, I get it. It's Belichick. Yeah, I get it. It's a rookie against Bill Belichick. The track record is insane. 
But, dude, some of those intos were outrageously bad. I would, like, say, I would say all of them. First. I thought all four interceptions were on him. Well, yeah. They, they said the one to Corey Davis. They hit off his fingers. And maybe you make a catch there. Make a play to bail out your quarterback. I get it. But that was also, like, borderline triple coverage that mm-hmm. you threw that into. But there were some that just looked like the DBs were fielding punts. Right. Or warming on up. Punts, yeah. Uh, Becton being hurt. Losing Carl Lawson before we can even see him, the big free agent acquisition, some injuries on the defensive side, offensive line we knew was going to be bad, and then, like I mentioned, Becton being out too. I don't know what they're doing with the receivers. Crowder was inactive. Mims can't get on the field. You got Brian Barrios out there. Like, I don't know what they're bad. I'm still – like, I watched that Jets-Patriots game. I'm very encouraged by defense. For a team that has no notable corners, like, they actually held it on. Grant against a team that does not push a ball down the field like New England. But uh, I do think there is promise there with the Jets. But as we said in August, uh, it's going to be a two-year project with them. So I hope Michael Carter gets more reps. I was I was really impressed with mm-hmm. limited reps. Like he he's got some burst to him. Like he was breaking tackles left and right. At some point, I don't know if he has the the physique or body, however you want to phrase it, to handle that workload. But if they could somehow get 15 to 18 touches a game for him, I think that can make a difference. Give me another team that you think you're not sold on from the 0 2 bunch. Probably got to be Falcons. Yeah. It's got to be Falcons. What is it? If they played one good quarter, I hate that third quarter against Tampa Bay, there was some encouragement. But it just, as we said, like defense is just, there's just nobody there. Just a bunch of guys on one year contracts or rookies that are just way in overhead. Offense line's worse than advertised. Now, Grand, they played against Philadelphia and Tampa Bay, too. The more Tampa Bay definitely has a fearsome D-line. I know Philly's a little older, but they got after him, too. And it's just, it's just constant pressure there. And then I was really alarmed by some Arthur Smith's decision-making. Like, going for a QB sneak on 4th and 2 with Matt Ryan against Tampa Bay, that made no sense. And then punting on 4th and 1 is just... There's no identity right now in Atlanta. Like the, the biggest highlight right now is Cordell Patterson, which I had a feeling was going to happen. And he's look, he's fun. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying that. But it is right now the Falcons don't have enough talent, and I'm not going to after two games question Arthur Smith. But he's got some work to do. They got to figure out ways to uh, push the ball downfield and get Kyle Pitts more involved. I think Kyle Pitts has been too much of a situational player right now. They got to make sure he's on the field every snap if possible. Yeah, I don't get it. Why they're not just. I don't want to say running him into the ground, but dude, make this guy play a bunch of snaps at least. Right, he's been, there's a crazy stat. Um, when he's on the field, they average like five point four yards per play, and when he's off the field, it's like two point five. And like they haven't completed a pass more than eight yards without him off the field, but then they have like ten passes of more than nine yard completions, or excuse me, twenty six plays of more than nine or more yards with him. So like. When he's on the field, they actually could somewhat move the ball. When he's off the field, you might as well be watching like Amgay shuts. <laughs> it's uh, I've had some people hit me up and they're like, "Dude, I'm losing my mind over Calvin Ridley. Like, what is going on?" Also, I, I saw this stat about the A dot average depth of target for Matt Ryan. You can't, the protection's like, been that bad. It's like five point five, five point yeah. six yards, and, and usually the last couple of years has been close to ten yards. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's, lot of very check downy shit. Schedule is gonna lighten up soon because think about like Tampa Bay top bowls. He's one of the more consistent blitzers, and like when you see an O line that's so disjointed, it's like okay, we're gonna blitz at will, which top bowls did. I feel like game that game just got a hand. So give it a few weeks. I think it'll pick up. I, I'm not. Like obviously Matt Ryan's on a decline, but I don't I don't think he's turning to like Chad Pennington or anything. It just I think that's the issue right now. Really, I don't think it's on him. It's just more O line just not protecting anyone right now. The one thing that worries me is we were 
Were we expecting good from the offense? We thought they would be efficient. Right. And look, Grant, look, against Tampa Bay, that second half, they were, or third quarter mainly, like, they actually put up a fight. I was thoroughly surprised at what they did. It's just the Philly game was a disaster in that first half against Tampa Bay. They left a lot of opportunities on the table. So, you know, it does fall on Arthur Smith, too. I just think a guy that comes, he has a reputation for being so aggressive, couldn't make his mind up in a game against the Super Bowl champions. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, historical note, I found this really interesting when I was digging up some notes. Prior to last season, they were never 0-2 under Ryan. And they finished 4-12. Mm-hmm. And then the Falcons have flipped two of their 16 all-time 0-2 starts into playoff trips. So this is a team that has turned it around uh, before. But I think the big issue is Matt Ryan might be toast. His arm shut. That like he can't throw a ball downfield. At this point, I think he's just someone that could facilitate. He's someone that you just got to put a real supporting cast around him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Giants. Before I go into it, what are what are the issues you think with the Giants? It just they're really undisciplined for a team that preaches discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I thought Deion Jones played arguably his best game ever against Washington. I thought Deion Jones Daniel. was really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought he was putting the ball on money. I just, that Slayton drop. And it's crazy. Like, that throw to Slayton on, like, I think it was two drives before the drop. Just beautiful. That, that rainbow over the top. I like his rapport with Shepard. Sterling Shepard. I always say Sterling Shepard, you put him with, like, a Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, whoever, maybe Aaron Rodgers. He's catching, like, 75, 80 passes. Yeah. And he's putting up, like, 1,100 yards. I think more he's than that, that good. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I, I do feel as if he's a guy that's not going to be with the Giants after the next season. I hope not. I want him to go somewhere. And he'll go, he'll go somewhere else, and out of nowhere, he'll be like, you'll be if he goes to a team that already has a stud wide receiver opposite of him, mm-hmm. you'll be seeing, oh, best duo in the league, mm-hmm. X guy with Shepard. Put him in the slot and let him work. Yeah. 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 I, and, I, and look, for as bad as Kenny Galladay has been since he's come over to the Giants, Shepard is benefiting from having a guy on the outside that the defense has to respect. Exactly. His best role was in the slot, always has been. That's why, like, the Golden Tate shit didn't make sense. Because no. Evan Ingram also runs well out the slot. Uh, historical note, Giants, since 2013, have started every season 0-2, with the exception being 2016. So 2016, they didn't start 0-2. But the Giants are just, last couple of years, just... 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2015, 2014. It's just, I saw uh, Shouts to Phil put it in the Discord. <clears throat> it's like that Spider Man GIF. Oh, and, the uh, points. And, and all the points. And it's like, oh, and two, oh, and classic, two, oh, and two. Classic. It's like, oh, my God, it's so bad. Um, look, I think, I think the Giants have a nice matchup this week against Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't really have a dominant pass rush. That's mm-hmm. when Daniel Jones does really well. And by week three, this is make or break. I think Joe Judge, if they drop this game at home, and if they just come out flat once again, because that, that's the issue too, man. The Giants just come out flat. Like, no life, no spring, nothing. I, I can see this dude being on the hot seat. There's going to be a lot of... I could see the Giants completely cleaning house this year. No Gettleman, no Jones, no no Judge. Wow, total revamp about this spending so much. Why not? Hope that brief, I hope that clear out includes Jason I mean, Garrett. Dude, you know how many you know how many catches, how many yards uh Kadarius Tony has? Negative two. That's just like minus two yards. Yeah. It's they gotta figure a way to utilize him. You best the first round pick in a which 
The team that we didn't mention, I think, is the team that is most likely to turn around, and it's Minnesota. I totally agree. And I was down Minnesota going to season, but they could easily be two and zero right now. That's it, at least one and one. Like that, that Arizona game, I never seen a kicker make two fifty yard field goals in a game and then miss a thirty seven yarder. Yeah, he hit a fifty two and a fifty three yarder, but it tip, like the Vikings are cursed. Like I, they like when it comes to kickers and game winning kicks, the Vikings r- routinely just miss. It could be Blair Walsh. Greg Joseph now, like, it's just poor Mike Zibber. Yeah, that dude. I mean, between, like... Mike got, he's going to strangle someone at some point, yeah, man. Between, I hope he's got a good lawyer. Like Between, like, the him and Kirk Cousins beef, apparently, over the vaccination stuff, and then just, like, countless kickers just letting him down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think they lose that game in overtime to the Bengals week one on the road. And then Arizona, they should have beat Arizona on the road again. Mm-hmm. And close to 60% of the time against the spread, teams down 0-2 coming home for their first home game in week three, they tend to do well. And this is a must win. And look. They got to play angry Seattle team. They're going to play an angry Seattle. That's a bad matchup for them. Angry Seattle team. But is it a bad matchup for them? It is a bad matchup. Because Derrick Henry went wild. And I I can see Dalvin Cook running wild too. That Vikings defense looking old. Yeah. The the decision to to sign Patrick Pierce and Bashad Breland. Breland's looked awful so far. And Pierce hasn't looked much better. Considering the chemistry Russ and uh, Lockett has right now. And DK's bound to explode at some point. And they're getting key contributions elsewhere. I could easily see it being a shootout. And look, yeah, Dalvin Cook's going to get busy. And I'm sure... Um, the Vikings are going to score points, but it cuts to points like, all right, you know, at some point, Kirk Cousins is going to do something that's going to cost them the game. Like He's just too reckless with the ball. Like, Cousins could have multiple turnovers against Arizona. So, and I could just picture like Jamal Adams caught on a blitz and just blindside. Taking the ball from him like he did against yeah. Daniel Jones. That <laughs> like that, that's that, completely yeah. when I got yeah. checked out from Daniel Jones. Right? I, think, I think I've said that story before. It's me muggative. But uh, yeah, I think that's a bad matchup for him. But, you know. Well, one yeah. one team we didn't really spend a lot of time on is Indianapolis. I agree with you about Minnesota, though. I do think they're they're, they're the most crazy. likely. Yeah, yeah. I just wish their defense wasn't so old. Like for a team that's kind of like in the middle of the road, they they got too many old guys. Yo, if you look at the teams that are zero and two, bro, they all got bad quarterback play. We don't. Yeah, we have not talked about. Detroit. We haven't spoke about Detroit yet. I feel like Detroit's like just a forgotten team. Like, eh. I mean, what is there? What is there to say about Detroit, right? Like they had that crazy backdoor cover from a betting perspective against the Niners, but outside of that, they've just, you know, once it started raining in that second half against Green Bay, it was mm-hmm. quiet. Jared Goff became the Jared Goff of old, he, in which we would make fun of, he's and morphing into Alex Smith. The amount of checkdowns, like I watched yeah. the highlights, is just like, and look, checking it out to DeAndre Swift's not the worst option in the world, but still, it's like at some point, it's like I want to see more from a quarterback, especially someone that's acclaimed as Goff. Ah, yes, NFL football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore, because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I cannot wait to use TickPick 
to go to a game this year. And in particular, not a Giants game because I'm done with them until proven otherwise. I'm not going to waste my money to just go be miserable for three and a half hours and then sit in traffic in the Lincoln Tunnel on the way back. Thanks a lot, Dave Gettleman. But I plan on going to Vegas a couple times this football season. And I'm looking forward to going to that new Raiders stadium, go to a game out in Vegas, see what that vibe is like. First season with fans for the Raiders stadium. So that's probably where I'll be using my tick pick services. And I'm sure they'll have me covered. So if you want to go to a game this year, visit tickpick.com slash VM today and use the promo code VM to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets. That is VM as the promo code to get $10 off your first order of NFL tickets. Let's talk about teams that are 2-0. and Some good teams, Alan. We got the Broncos, the Raiders. The Panthers that are playing tonight prior to us recording. The Bucks, the Niners, the Rams, and the Cardinals. Of the 2-0 and teams, which one are you least confident in? Still, I would go Denver. Yeah? Don't trust that offense and losing Judy and Chubb for extended period of time could come back to haunt them. Chubb again hurt, man. Yeah, it's been a problem. It's been a Can't problem. get him and Miller on the same field. Like, and Von Miller looks like the Von Miller of old so far. Granny's gone against the Giants and Jaguars, but still. Yo, did you watch that clip? It was um Do you watch like NFL tonight or the the show Inside the NFL? Do you I, see I those? see clips. But clips. But there was one clip where Von Miller goes up to Teddy Bridgewater during the Giants game. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, I haven't felt like this since 18 was here. He's like, I love you, bro. Nah. If I was Drew Locke, I'd probably start like looking to play elsewhere. Can't yeah, I think he probably though. knows. I think he already knows. He can't, he can't come back from that. But, like, look, I think Bridgewater is the type of bridge quarterback you need just to keep things afloat. And I do like the fact that he's at least trying to throw the ball downfield. Like He looks aggressive. Him and Corlin Sutton got a nice rapport right now. But it's just... I just see when the competition gets uh, better, it's going to be a problem for them. I just don't know how they're going to move the ball that consistently. And I don't know. Like, just De- like Denver, you know, they're well coached. You know, Fangio's going to give opposing teams problems. It's just, I don't know if you could always rely on scoring 17 to win in the NFL. So I don't want to say Denver. Man, there's something about San Francisco that I don't trust. There's another one that until Garoppolo's off, I think there's a cap there. Like I think they're gonna they're still a playoff team, but I think this whole notion that, oh, they made the Super Bowl with them a few years ago, it's like, okay, that was a few years ago. The defense was a lot more talented than they don't have the same uh, people, uh, personnel, excuse me, defensively. Like that secondary losing Verrett, like they, their corners are looking very yeah. suspect. Uh, Nick Bosa hasn't quite looked the same. I know D Ford's actually had a good start to the season, but the defense is not quite the same. And I think Garoppolo's regressing. You can't just use it. Okay, two years ago they did it. It's like it's 2021 now. So yeah, I've been pretty underwhelmed by San Fran so far from what I've seen. I, if you look at the teams that have gotten to two and zero so far and who they've beaten, I think San Fran. And the Broncos probably have the weakest strength of schedule. Like yeah. Denver beat the Giants and the Jaguars. San Fran beat Detroit and Philly, who I'm still 
that game was so weird. And it was one question that I asked Will on the pod that I do with him, upsets and underdogs. Did Philly throw us off with that win over Atlanta? Do we look back at that week one win and like, yo, Atlanta is one and eight right now. Like how good of a win was that for Philly? And that happens sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Like things don't age well. Man, the Raiders, dude, they got some dope wins. They beat both the teams in the AFC North in games in which they were close to five-point underdogs in both. I really like how the Raiders are looking. Derek Carr is now being overhyped. Like, they're talking about is he? Oh, dude, like his MVP odds have skyrocketed. It's People are two t- weeks. So. He's like the talk of the town right now. He deserves it, though. He, he does. He does. And he leads the league in passing yards, and they've needed every single bit yeah. of those yards, too. Like he deserves the praise. I just talk about MVP after two weeks. It's like, what's the purpose? Well, yeah, it just becomes it just becomes content, right? So that's why people are doing it. I think the team that I'm the most impressed with that is two and zero is probably Arizona because of how how Kyler Murray. Now, again, this is all like. I'm basing this off my expectations coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Like I expected Tampa Bay to be two and zero right now. I expected the Rams to be two and zero. I expected. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Outside Maybe of that, San Fran. Outside of that, Arizona. I did not see that, and they've you know they put up seventy two points, so the offense is clicking. Kyler Murray is running wild. Um, they're only behind the. Tampa Bay Bucks in points four. I really like what Arizona's doing. And maybe Kyler Murray is playing at a level right now where we don't need to worry about Kingsbury doing some like fuckery like he's done and he's cost them some games in the in, in the past. But I really like this Arizona team, man, and I wasn't really I wasn't really high on them coming in, though I did have all four teams from this division making the playoffs. I saw them as like a potential wild card team as like their ceiling. Yeah, that's what's going to come down to how they're going to fare in the division. Until then, it's like wait and see because that division, that's where the real challenges are. But, no, they've definitely looked impressive. I just Chandler Jones, oh, man, it's getting him back. Yeah. He's just terrorizing everything. Yeah. And yeah. All, you don't think J.J. Watt's helping too? He's Oh, he's making a huge contribution. He made some big yeah. plays in that Titans game. Just yeah. like, you know, occupying space and yeah, he's being to He's always going to command attention. I think Baker's one of the top safeties in the league. He's someone mm-hmm. that is probably going to get more recognition as the season goes on. So they got players and Isaiah Simmons starting to look more comfortable. It's just it's just a matter of like how, what they're going to do in the division. I do still think Kyler puts his offensive line in harm's way too much. Like I think he holds on the ball and gets a little reckless at times. But I guess kind of like him and Russell Wilson, just those two kind of quarterbacks where they're probably going to get their old lines in trouble more often than not. Yeah. Do you think what – do you, what do you think of Carolina – there's signs there. I've, 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 I was excited about them going to season. I think defensively, obviously, I want to see them face better opposition. But wow, like their front seven's getting after people. Like, mm-hmm. well, they're just the way they were just going after Jameis, just full on blitzes. Like some of those exotic looks you'll see. It was they got after it, and you really have to admire that because go, that was a big question going to season. Um, Darwin's still got to be tested because I think they're the only team in the league that's had a lead the whole they haven't been trailing yet yeah yeah so which is pretty impressive um you have to feel encouraged about it and then they haven't really need McCaffrey to explode yet yeah McCaffrey I think scored a touchdown in the last game but even so he hasn't Mm -hmm. 
he's been dominating the touches, but he hasn't had that like wild 180 yard game and been the focal point. Like they're able to get Robbie Anderson involved, DJ Moore. I still like um, uh, Terrence Marshall, and I was just really high. Look, it's you leave the Jets, you go to Carolina, you have all these offensive pieces around you. You're you're gonna succeed unless you are completely shot. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was giving the benefit of the doubt to Sam Darnold, especially what you see, how Zach Wilson looks now with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Might just be that you're the Jets, bro, and you're just always going to – you're going to be the issue, not the players. Yeah. But I, I do like the fact that also – I think Darnold needs to do more no-huddle. I, like I know they play at a much faster pace. Mm-hmm. That's what Matt Rule and Joe Bray love to do. They just get their quarterback going. It's like, okay, even if you've got to get the ball out quick, it's, you have players like DJ Moore and – Robbie Anderson, they know how to create separation. So um, I like how Carolina's obviously how they're playing. It's just a matter of I want to see how their defense continues to progress because this offense will put up points. There's no doubt about that. We got we got two two and O teams that we haven't really mentioned much, and it's the Bucks and the Rams. They're playing each other this week in Los Angeles. I expect there to be a lot of big names in the stands watching this game. Is it fair to say that this is the first big game Matthew Stafford has been in in a very, very long time? At least like five years, maybe. Uh, shit, <laughs> I, I would remember even... last time they were when they made the playoffs. Twenty seventeen. So they they made the playoffs that year where there was like that that crazy pass interference no call on like Brandon Pettigrew against the Cowboys. Yeah, that was twenty fourteen. But then they they played Seattle. I want to say twenty sixteen actually. Yeah. yeah, you're right. They did play in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, they lost in the first round. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was it though. No offense, to Detroit. I feel like this might be a bigger game. This might yeah. be the biggest game he's ever played in his career. Against Brady, too. Against Brady, the defending champ, the team you got to go through in your conference to get to the Super Bowl. You were brought in to win a Super Bowl because they feel like this roster is so jacked up and loaded. L.A. doesn't believe in anything but stars. If you look across the board, the Lakers always traded draft picks to get in stars. They did it with Anthony Davis. They've done it with Shaq. They always do that. They trade uh, Kareem when they brought Kareem, super throwback now. Like, that's their shit. They want stars. They're not going to wait for some young kid to become a star. They want to bring them in. You bring in Matthew Stafford. You have no... I think I think Sean McVay hasn't made a first-round pick as a Rams coach. No, last one was golf, and that was on yeah, the Fisher. And it, yeah, but after that, it's like, we're going to trade it for Brandon yeah. Cooks. We're going to trade it for Jalen Ramsey. We're going to trade it for this guy. It's That's what they do, because they want to bring in stars. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford was brought in to be the missing link to them winning a super bowl now you got brady who shit they should just name the mvp award after tom brady the super bowl mvp award dude's been in so many i think this is the biggest game matthew stafford's played in his career it's a fair take because of the expectations yeah. the opponent all things coming in how is he gonna how's he gonna fare in that when the states are so high like this could easily be an mc championship preview yeah, and we've seen Brady in these spots. Mm-hmm. For, for Brady, it's going to be like, oh, it's just another Sunday. It's right. regular shit for me. But the other guy now, it's this ain't Detroit, bro. This yeah. is LA. This is the game of the week. How are you going to cope with that pressure? Because, you know, Tampa Bay's going to bring it. Yeah, no no Pierre Paul. He's on the COVID list. Their first round is showing a lot of promise. Uh, Tavon, Joe Tavon, Joe something. He's from Penn State. They have, they have someone they drafted in the first round. Blank on his name, but he he's he's flashed. Dude, Vita Vea, Vita Vea might be my new favorite defensive player. Bro, he is. Just... He's three fifty. He moves like he's two eighty. Like he is a real freak of nature. And Sue looks inspired. Like 
They got the big question though is in the secondary. I know Carlton Davis is banged up, Sean Murphy bunting. So the, especially the way Cooper Cup's playing, like, I don't think a, a receiver in the league has played at a higher level than Cooper Cup right now. Like Cooper Cup's just getting open, yeah, everywhere. And and I love the way McVeigh's moving around. Like they had, there was one touchdown against the Colts where they literally had him lined up as a halfback. Oh yeah, and, and he came out the backfield. Yeah, 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 well yeah. Done. And the Rams got their weapons too. Like like guys like Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, they could break out. Like yo, and I'm telling you that that dude that they took in the second round, uh, at, Atwell. Atwell, yeah. That that kid's a problem too. He was he was brought in as like a Deshaun Jackson 2.0. Dude is like 5'9", 5'8", 97 pounds. Like he's small, but he's a burner too. And they want speed and they want to air it out. I think all of last season they had two 50-yard touchdown plays. And they had two in the first game with, with Stafford. Mm-hmm. And one to Van Jefferson and one to Cup. So they're trying to air it out. I think Stafford... He might have a monster game because the only way you can move the ball on them is throwing. You saw Dak move the ball on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't really see Matt Ryan move the ball on them. He had the two pick sixes to the same guy. Well, those passes were deflected. They were, it yeah. Wasn't yeah, right yeah. On him. That's true. They were driving the third quarter back to back. Like, no, you could get out of Tampa Bay secondary. It's yeah. just a matter of you got that protection. You got to be ready for Bulls' blitzes because Bulls brings pressure from everywhere. Yeah. And he knows you can't let Stafford get comfortable and you don't want McVay to get into a rhythm because the playbook's open now. Like, they are running play action nonstop. They, are, uh, they trust Stafford as a drop-back passer. It's not just – they're not putting their quarterback in training wheels anymore like they have with golf. Now they've just opened up everything. Do you think the cluster injuries to running back is going to be a problem for the Rams? Henderson got banged up last week. Sony Michelle got like ten touches. Crazy. <laughs> you can't really run the ball on the Bucks. Uh, right. So you don't think it's gonna I, play a role in this? I, I do think losing Henderson. Henderson does have ability as a receiver. Like he does break tackles. He's someone that could be used there. As we know, Sony Michelle, there's no value as a pass, has no value as a pass catcher. So I just think at this point, teams kind of realize against the Bucks. Like you could try to run outside, maybe try to run some sweeps. Like it wouldn't surprise me to see if Robert Woods got like three to five carries. Just yeah. To, open things up he's been pretty quiet so far this year yeah he, he, he could get going i think he could get yeah. going yeah because it's just trying to run on tampa bay like it's getting to a point where you're like wasting time yeah yeah i mean i'm really fascinated about this game i, I wish they they moved it to sunday night football mm-hmm. uh that would have been dope because this game i really i really think and it was in the beginning of the year my nfc title game and this has a lot of home field advantage ramifications too Remember, only one team has the bye week now, top seed only, and you have home field there. Tampa is such a favorite. There's such advantage when it comes to the, the division. division. Yeah, because yeah, you still got those like bar they, fights with they, Seattle, yeah, San Fran, yeah. and Arizona. Like Tampa could easily go 6-0 in that division Yeah, without much concern. Well, they're already 1-0. Yeah. So it's just – I think that could be a thing to look forward if, you know, come week 15, 16, they're battling for a number one seed. Yeah. Um, all right. Who do you got in this? I'm going to go Tampa. I think the Rams defensively have looked a little, sus- not suspect, but they've allowed a lot more yards than I thought. I wonder if the Brandon Staley effect is kind of, even though I love Raheem Morris, but losing Staley and then uh, John Johnson and uh, Troy Hill, like they're secondary. They've been throwing on a little bit. I thought Wentz actually played a pretty good game, minus the bonehead turnovers. So uh, the way Brady's playing, even without Antonio Brown, who's likely out because of COVID, I still feel like guys like Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller could fill in. Obviously, not to level of AB, 
But yeah, they could do a thing. And man, Gronk, Gronk, Gronk's looking as spry as ever. Like Gronk's just everywhere right now. So yeah, I think Tampa has more than enough weapons. It's just, a, it's just a matter of, um, I don't know, I guess, I think whoever is playing with the lead too, because we're gonna see if, like, if you have to abandon a running game, like, and become one dimensional, like the the pass first thing gonna open up, particularly if, with Tampa. Like Tampa, if they start blitzing with David and White. There's gonna be problems because they just they cover up so much ground so quickly. So uh, I'm gonna go Tampa. I'm pretty confident. That. It's hard, man. It's hard. You're talking about they've won nine straight games now. They've scored thirty in all of them. They doesn't matter where they play Tampa Bay. Brady got them. It's like they've all adapted that Patriot way with Brady. Might even be the Brady way. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially no AB because of COVID also. Mm-hmm. And him and Brady have just been, you know, perfect for each other. I want to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams. I think we're going to find out a lot about, we're going to find out more about LA than we are of Tampa Bay in this spot here. Cause yeah. we know what to expect of Tampa, but with the Rams, this is gut check time, man. If you want to be considered a Super Bowl favorite and a contender, you got to win a game like this. And you're at home. I do want to see if Aaron Donald can, yo, show us that you're the best player in football. Because every time I see those lists that have him as the best player in football, I laugh. Well, he is. Besides Mahomes. I mean, dude, if you're like. Like he's the most dominant player in the past like five, six years. Yeah, I get that, but how many how many guys are going before him if you're starting a team? Well, it depends how you're assessing the quarterback. Like obviously quarterback's the most important position. So it's a matter of like what's your philosophy right. before going forward with it. Like no, I think obviously Mahomes is the number one player. Like, don't get me wrong. But let's not discount Donald. Like he's taken over games, he's wrecked games, and I think it's gonna be a great matchup going against Tampa's Tampa's got a nasty O line. Mm. Like Ryan Jensen, this dude after the whistle, just watch this on a Ryan Jensen. This guy might average two personal foul penalties a game. He is hilarious. And Ali Marpet's a stud as well. But uh, that's a that's another good matchup. I'm gonna go with the Rams. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So you got the Bucks, right? Yeah, I'm pretty confident the Bucks. All right, the next game I want to talk about is aforementioned Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs against the Chargers. Now, this game is fascinating because if we just look at the 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 odds for this weekend, if the favorites win, 
you're looking at Denver and the Raiders at three and zero. One of these two teams that we're talking about now is going to fall to one and two. This is a big game here, and I think two teams are coming in rather pissed off. Both of these teams should have won last week. One had a fumble late in the fourth quarter, CEH, who, by the way, CEH, done with that dude. All right, that's your take. Didn't didn't like him. Like, First of all, I liked him coming out, but the fantasy community really ruined. Yeah, but who cares? I know, bro, but when this dude like, was going real, we're like. We're talking real football. Like, fantasy football is fantasy football. Yeah, but also, he, how can you not be productive in that offense? What do you have, like 14K? He was going against Baltimore. But I thought week one he looked good. Man, I don't know. I got so soured on him because he was going like top five in fantasy last year. And people were talking about this guy being like the second coming. And it's like, dude, I, I just feel like a, a running back in that offense. He's still got plenty of time. He's still got plenty of time. All right. If you say so. I don't agree. I think he's a guy who it's like 3.3 yards per carry he's averaging. I just think a lot of some tough defenses. Things go open up this week. I think the Chargers have looked very susceptible against the run. Yeah, Tony Pollard killed him last yeah. week. Zeke did well too, but I, I mean, I do feel like Pollard's been the better back for a while now. Mm-hmm. He just looks way more explosive. But going back to this, you got a Chiefs team that fumbled late. You had a terrible Mahomes pick. I think it was his first pick ever in September that he threw. And then the Chargers, you had all those penalties. You had the two touchdowns called back. So these are two teams that I feel as if the Chargers could be 2-0 and right now. And the Chiefs could potentially be 0-2. Mm-hmm. They had that big comeback against the Browns. What is what is your take on this game? And do you think it's as big as I'm making it out to be? It's it's a tricky matchup because I think one of the craziest stats is that the Chiefs have allowed seven rushing touchdowns already this season. Now, granted, they, f- they faced the two most prolific rushing attacks. Like when it comes to Cleveland, Baltimore, these are teams built on running the ball. They're going to wreck you on the ground but still to allow seven rushing touchdowns in two games is one of the craziest things uh i wish i don't know kansas city it's like they're so reliant on chris jones when it comes to pressure like you want to talk about bad trade that frank clark trade just looks worse and worse like every game goes on so i'm very concerned about kansas city's defense especially going against offense that i know they kind of stumbled last week but still like the Chargers have all the makings of a really good offense. I think having Mike Williams in this, uh, I think the X role there, I, I see a bunch of people talking about Mike Williams and this Joe Lombardi offense is really opening things up. And so far, he looks very productive. And I think that's always been kind of the case of Mike Williams. If he stays on field and he's utilized properly, he's going to be a problem. So yeah, I'm definitely expecting fireworks. It's just, I just, I think the pressure has to be on Kansas City in particular, that defense, because you know, other than a few Lamar layups, like, you know, they, pretty much have not shown much defensively. Like, Lamar gave him a, a couple of presents, but besides that, what have they, they haven't really done much. So, the Chiefs, last year, this game was the Herbert debut by accident, right? Mm-hmm. This is the punctured lug. Poor Tyrod. Tyrod Taylor. Poor Tyrod, right? Bad luck for that dude. Yeah. Fucking, he got hurt now with the, with the Texans. Yeah. And have you seen this trend of uh, he gets hurt with the Browns, Baker comes in, wins rookie of the year. Gets hurt with the Chargers. Herbert comes in. Wins rookie of the year. David Mill- Davis Mills. What will happen? Davis Mills. What will happen? I, yeah, I believe he was like 250 to 1 to win rookie of the year. And now if he comes in and look, they're gonna he might put up big numbers because they're just going to be down the whole time. 
like the, the Blake Bortles special when he would yeah. put up like three twenty two, even though you knew he had a terrible Bro, Blake game. Blake Bortles was like a top eight fantasy quarterback that one, like twenty sixteen before like, the. All those stats are meaningless. Yeah, <laughs> but they're numbers. He would just end up with like thirty one points in fantasy. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Where did this happen? Uh, Derwin James is a bowler. Mm. He might be a top five defensive player in football. I don't know what the rankings are top of my head, but he's he's got to be up there. Uh, if you just think of he, like his he excels at too. like three different roles, like he right. does so much for that defense. Right, what he does for that defense and how versatile he is, yeah. I just think that he's a dude that is just he's a baller, man. And as yeah. long as he's healthy, there was a clip after the game against Washington where Brad St- uh, Staley was like, "Hey, we know how good this guy is. We know what our record is with him in the lineup." Mm-hmm. He means a lot to our team, and if we want this movie to go the right way, we need him out there, and he gave a game ball to Derwin James. He's a baller. Keenan Allen's a baller. I think Austin Eckler might have a big game because the Chiefs are giving up like seven yards per carry. I think Baltimore had like 200 yards rushing on them, and I know Baltimore is a premier run offense, but they were also down to their – your boy Freeman. Hey, he was lining up. uh, I like Tyson Williams. He's got bursts. Yo, listen, Baltimore is probably the – Head of the table when it comes to running backs don't matter. Yeah. Because Justin Forsett, Alex Collins. Uh, I mean, I mean, J.K. Dobbins was a top draft pick. But, like, Gus Edwards, like, they just throw out anyone. And as long as Lamar is there, they can run their offense efficiently. It's proven. Are you worried about Kansas City at all? Offensively, yeah. Offensively, no. Offense, I think they'll be fine. It's just Mahomes got a little reckless. And a defense coordinated by Don Martindale is always going to be prepared uh, for the most part. So I think Mahomes just got a little carried away. So, no, I think offensively they'll be in good shape. It's just defensively they just got to keep teams somehow under 30 points. If they keep teams under 30 points, they're going to win. It's just that if you're going to allow more than 30 points, then things get a little dicey. Yeah, they, shootouts. Yeah. Yeah, you want to be on the right side of that. Yeah, yeah they've given up 65 points. I believe yeah. that's Baltimore's given up more. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's given up more. And then Tennessee, man. Atlanta's so, giving some up. Some of that tackling. Well, obviously Atlanta. But damn, Tennessee, some of that tackling. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they're giving up a lot of points, man. They're giving up a lot Ooh. of points. Also Detroit, too. Let's yeah. throw Detroit in there. I, I do think after such a quiet game, like you rarely see games where Tyreek Hill doesn't make an impact. I think this week Tyreek Hill will be on lookout. He was very quiet against Baltimore. I don't know if they had the personnel. Although I'll give credit, Asante, Asante, baby Asante Samuel, he's had a very good start. He was locking up Cooper. I know Cooper got banged up, but it, for that game, like you just saw no hesitation. He's he's ready to play. Yo, FSU got some ballers, man. Throwing James, Asante Samuel Jr., Jalen Ramsey. They produced some DBs. Who do you got in this game? Got to go Chiefs. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. It's, I think they have too much offensively. Hmm. I want to pick the Chargers. It's an arrowhead, too. It is an arrowhead, yeah. That's one of the home fields that actually matter. Um, yeah, you know, the Chargers have been kind of disappointing on offense. I know they had a lot of drops. I know they had a lot of plays called back that were touchdowns. But still, I'm expecting a lot of – I'm expecting greatness from this offense. And Justin Herbert and Lombardi coming over. Eckler has been fine, but I expected him to take the Camara role. And I think, I think this might be a big Austin Eckler game. I think Eckler is going to make a lot of people happy in fantasy. 10, 11 passes. Yeah, and if you look at the way to beat the Chiefs, it's to run the ball on them. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with the Chargers, though. Okay. I like uh, I like both L.A. Damn. teams to go on to win. Kansas City in last place. You know, before last week, Mahomes was never not in first place. 
yeah. like, since he's been a starter, he, he's, the team's always been in first place. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I was so wild when I saw that graphic, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, his first loss in September. So they were always 3-4-0 and oh going into October. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Okay, let's end the show talking a little UFC. Massive card. Massive card. Mostly because our guy is back. Stockton's finest. Stockton's finest. Put your middle fingers up. The original, the original gangster, the original Diaz brother. Mm-hmm. Dude, how about this? If you're into narratives and, and like storylines, 209 months since the Lawler fight with him. Yeah, because that was 2004. But just, you know, yeah. 209 Stockton. Iron to have it <laughs> t- two two hundred and nine months. Yeah, what do you what do you make of him coming back after close to six years? Hasn't won a fight in nine years. Yeah, BJ Penn. Well, that was a fun card. He beat the brakes off BJ Penn. You just he turned that into like a sparring match. You just boxing him up the whole time. Uh it's obviously exciting. Nick Diaz, who, he's like the biggest enigma in MMA because you don't know what he's gonna do. You don't know what he's gonna say. But he just—he's always—he's just as natural as it gets. Like when it comes to authenticity, you know you're gonna get when it comes to Nick Diaz. It's just a matter of what headspace is he in. And you know, if we recorded this yesterday, I would have been a lot more excited. But after hearing a couple of interviews and just he doesn't seem all that enthused, I think he's—I hope he's not coming back for the wrong reasons. But it just—I don't know—I don't know where his head's at. I don't think he looks that great physically, which is a little bit of a bummer. But I just think I'm excited to see Nick Diaz back because if I remember two years ago after. Masvidal beat Nate Diaz. Uh, he did an interview a week later with Ariel, and he, he was like, he just looked hammered. He looked bad. He just like, like I know that Diaz brothers have a speech impediment. It's not about slurring words, but he just did not look good physically. So I'm glad that he's back on the right track because people say he was like partying a lot. Yeah. But I don't know. Like as excited I am, and you know he's gonna bring it. I, I just I don't know if you like if you saw the interview with Brett Akamoto, but it was a bit concerning. You know, the one thing that's interesting about the Diaz brothers is all year round, all the time, they keep themselves in amazing shape. Mm-hmm. However, fighting shape is completely different also. This right. fight is also going to be fought at 185 as opposed to 170. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to make of that. Do you think it's just two vets that are like, ah, you know what? It's not necessary for us to cut down. Or do you think there's something more to it? No, Nick would Nick Diaz requested Robbie Lawler had no idea really. He just told him Robbie Lawler's like okay, because I don't think he's that concerned about Nick Diaz when it comes to you know the wrestling. Because Nate uh, Nick will clinch, but he's not really going to shoot for takedowns. Like obviously Nick's a black belt in jujitsu, but he's not going to go out there shooting double legs. And Robbie Lawler, un- un- very underrated wrestler. He trains with King Mo Lawal. Like I know Kobe. Toss them around a bit, but Robert, Robert, don't don't sleep on Robert Law when it comes to takedown defense. If you were wondering who the fans are excited to see, I was on. Uh, I love watching the countdown series that the UFC does in mm-hmm. Embedded. Valent- Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. That countdown is four days ago at the time we're recording this. Seventy-eight thousand views. Volkanovski Ortega. Four days ago, the main event for the belt, 214,000 views. Diaz versus Lawler, too, 1.7 million. No support. Nick Diaz Army, as Nate says. It's a loyal, loyal, cult-like following for the Diaz brothers. If you're listening to this, I mean, at the time that 
VM started, he wasn't, you know, he, he hadn't fought. He was suspended. Yeah, he was suspended. So, third time he got caught with the marijuana system, they gave him a five year suspension, which is quite possibly one of the most absurd things in all sports, period. He, and it got reduced to 18 months, thankfully. But just this, this was like the peak of like, what, what are we doing when it comes to marijuana and sports, let alone MMA? I have always said that I feel like I might be the person, the perfect person to talk about this because I'm not a weed guy. I don't have a dog in the fight. I've never smoked weed. Not a thing. When I was growing up, if like my friends smoked weed or like some girl I thought was attractive smoked weed, I'd be like, ooh, they got the cooties. You know, like oh. I'm not, I was very like, I was very lame about it. And then I went to college and I realized just how many people like smoke weed. Mm -hmm. It's like crazy. It was, yeah. I was looked at strange and they're like, yo, bro, you don't smoke weed. I was like, nah, just not my thing. Yeah. As I've gotten older, it's whatever, right? And then I've done some like, I've listened to some interviews. I've talked to some people. And one of the main reasons why the NFL is so against it is because of the painkillers and the opioids and shit like that about how, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, mm -hmm. if you were to let weed be, not free, but allowed to be used, then it's going to hurt their pockets, right? I think being suspended for weed might be in the Mount Rushmore of stupid things to be suspended for mm -hmm. when it's it's used a lot for, like, pain tolerance. Recovery. Recovery. And to be suspended five years, and imagine how many memories we would have had, bro, if Nick Diaz was fighting all this time. Right. Last time we saw him was against Anderson, right? Right? fighting for the title mm -hmm. so this wasn't a guy who's just you know a fan favorite like yeah. this dude was at the top of the yeah, cards yeah the fact that he, he still got 18 months like it got reduced but it was still it's like you're still giving him 18 months like it was just that's just how flawed like the nevada state athletic commission was at the time because this is back in 2015 but i think nick was just trying to do things outside of sport like i know he has his own gym he likes training kids but and then i think he gets the kick i've seen nate do his thing mm -hmm. as well and you, I think we know Diaz brothers right now. They want a challenge. They don't really care about fighting this certain person. It's like, no, I want to fight people who excite me. You know yeah. That's why Nate was gone for, what, three years? Three years, yeah. and they came back against Pettis, Pettis and looked yeah. awesome. So they they, they got to get the challenge. And Raul Bilal is funny. Even though Nick Diaz doesn't seem to be all that enthused about it, I still think you know that fight just so long ago. And the fact that pretty much 17 years later they're fighting again, what a wild scene. Yeah, and, and look, let's not pretend we haven't seen Robbie Lawler since Covington. It's been that long. Yeah. Oh, wow. So That was rough. I felt bad. It's It's been a while. Let me just confirm that, though. But what do you what do you think, man? Because Lawler isn't exactly the most active dude also. Mm -hmm. So. I think you got to favor Lawler, though. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Like, we have no idea what the state of Nick Diaz is. Like, okay, we know he's going to come in in shape. He's got that cardio, but. It's just, I don't care what Dominic Cruz says. The ring rust is real. My bad. He fought Neil Magny uh, in 2020, August 2020. But then prior to that, he fought Covington, August 2019. He's fought, he's, he's fought so he's fought twice in two years. Yeah, but he's fought the who's who. These guys, he's fought cardio machines. Yeah. He's on yeah. a four-fight losing streak, but he's lost to Dos Anjos, the Askren, Covington and Magny. The Asker fight was such beef. Yeah, it was wacky. Yeah. It was wacky. No, I think you got to favor Lawler just because... You don't know what to expect, right? Yeah. Five years out? Yeah, Lawler's got legit power. Like, I'm worried... Like, I know we everyone talks about this signature Diaz chin. They take punishment like no other fighter, but we'll see. Like, Robbie Lawler still packs a lot of power. 
What do you? What else excites you on this card? Uh, anytime Ortega's in the cage, you never know what to expect. I think he's one, quietly one of the more devastating finishers in the sport. So, and Volkanovski, as Baltes as he is, I don't know. I feel like some of his fights have been flat recently. Like they've gone five rounds, and it's been compelling somewhat. But uh, I'm wondering if Ortega, since he's very known to be very aggressive, he does take chances. I wonder if it's going to bring the best out of Volkanovski. Volkanovski's on a 19 fight winning streak. Oof. He he doesn't do it for a lot of people. I like the way he fights. Seems like a points fighter. He just wins rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people feel like Max beat him in the second fight. I felt as if Max beat him in the second time. Max dropped him twice. Mm-hmm. It all is subjective to how you like to score things. Mm-hmm. I I'm a big damage guy. And, like, how close to being finished were you also? As it should be. As it should be, right? Like, if you're... If you're just controlling the center of the octagon and you have me backing up the whole for four minutes and 25 seconds, but those last 35 seconds, I just I score a knockdown mm-hmm. and then I end up on top to close out the round. Who wins that round? You know, it's mm-hmm. that's what makes it takedowns are always super weird, right? You score a takedown on me, but I get up immediately or you just, you know, I just pull guard, just hold you there. It's very wacky with the scoring. Mm-hmm. Brian Ortega, this new version of him, though it was only one fight against Korean Zombie, was very impressive because he he went and addressed all the flaws that were exposed in the Max fight with the Korean Zombie, this Brian Ortega 2.0. Mm-hmm. He is a vicious finisher. He's finished a lot of his fights in the UFC. He was undefeated until his loss to Max Holloway. But man, this one... I feel as if the longer the fight goes, it's going to favor Volkanovski, but there's just so many ways that Ortega could finish this fight. Yeah, I think it's a good synopsis of what to expect. And just Ortega's particularly on the ground. Mm. That's another thing. He has a lot of tools there. Yeah. Like he's got I mean, a, yeah, he's like a, a third-degree black belt yeah. from Henzo Gracie. Mm. Uh, oh, no, Renner Gracie, sorry. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for this card. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be intriguing to see what Nick Diaz looks like. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait. Valentina is one of my favorite fighters. She's going to win by mass murder in the third round probably. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, she's, I mean, collectively. I was talking to John Anik on the Upsets and Underdogs podcast with Will. And I, I pointed out the take that I have about how I think she's the most dominant champion in UFC history. If you base the odds, collectively, she's always like a minus 600 favor or bigger. Now, is it because her competition is weaker? Could be. but It's kind of like Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Or is it because she's just so dominant? Yeah. I think both could be true. I'm not sure. So I, don't know, I think you can make an argument Amanda Nunez is most dominant. Sure. Yeah. But, like, you know, she was an underdog in the cyborg fight. Oh. Though she did though she did beat her and, like, okay. stopped her within a minute. Um, but, yeah, just collectively, she's been a, a big favorite. So And she's always exciting, too. Mm-hmm. But... That's the show. Let me do a Patreon roll call. We got Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Stephen Briggs, Jordan Riley, Corey Johnson Hoops, and Ryan Pisner. And also we got a newly yearly sub from, let me just read the name, excuse me, new guy, new guy. We got Robert Mays. 
Robert Mays for a whole year pledge. I'm going to get you some new merch for doing so. Patreon.com slash veterans. Yeah, one of my favorite writers. Who is? Robert Mays. Oh, yeah. yeah. From, the af- from the Athletic. Imagine it was him. That's- <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be fire. The spelling of the last name is different, but you know what? Let's just go with that, man. Get us more patrons. Uh, yeah. Alan, where can they find yeah. you if they want to contact uh, you? Alan Sturk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. I do want to mention, we can talk about UFC. I want to give a special, special salute to the great Carlos Condit, who retired the past week. That's your boy, right? Love me some Carlos Condit. Probably one of the most exciting. Pete Carlos Condit. Probably like you and know, BK baby, all violence team like this. Some of the most devastating elbows, knees you ever seen. Well, both of these guys, right? He's fought Lawler and Diaz. Yeah, five rounds decision, beat Nick in title fights and lost to Lawler controversially. But he's had some huge wars, and I do respect the fact that he. I think he's going out at the perfect time uh, because you know he's 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 been fighting since he's sixteen. Now he's thirty eight, so he's had a long career. And I just always appreciate his no nonsense style. He was just a fighter's fighter, and you know, salute to him. He's gonna be missed. Yeah, and he he got a really nice tribute from John Jones, mm-hmm. and and I think GSP only fighter to besides Matt Serra to knock out knock down uh, GSP. Kind of rocked him with a uh, head kick in the third round when they fought. Probably top three craziest moments for me. Like when I lost, like I literally jumped out of the seat. I thought because this was GSP's first fight back from a torn ACL. Uh, Condit beat Diaz in the Eliminator, and Condit dropped him at 30. Like, GSP won the fight 50-45. Like, he took down Condit and pretty much did whatever, but Condit legit had a dropped, moment, right? He dropped GSP and, like, had some decent ground pound, but... I GSP. saw a thread of uh, Carlos Condit, and it was like, Carlos Condit did this to your favorite fighters, and it's like GSP with an ice pack, and then they showed GSP against other guys that he's fought, and yeah. he didn't look as beat up. Dude, yeah, man. Dude, stud. Look, dude, we're coming up uh, over the next like year, year or so. We're gonna be seeing a lot of guys that we grew up on step away, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. You know, you don't want to. If you're Carlos Condon, like, man, I feel bad for Cowboy. Mm-hmm. You know, like Cowboy Cerrone now has lost like seven straight fights, and you don't want to be like, these guys like yeah, Diego and all that. Yeah, BJ Penn also. Yeah. It's like, dude, some guys just really went out sad, like, for sure, yeah. man, for sure. And you don't want to go out that way. Yeah, um, yeah dude, this was fun. Enjoy the card, enjoy week three, and we'll catch you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.